Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Okay, here we go. Good morning, everybody. And so, you know, from the review from this last game, obviously we're disappointed. And, uh, you know, we want to start a lot faster uh, than we did. And what that can immediately get pointed to is first on our defense, not be able to stop the run right out of the gate. You know, again, credit to Stanford, doing a nice job of running the football there. Uh, but then we still got them to some uh, key third downs on that first drive uh, where we needed to execute and get off the field. And that comes back to, you know, us as coaches and making sure we're getting our guys in position to to make plays on the football and get off the field. And we weren't able to do that uh, for uh, a bunch of series. there, always uh, going clear into the third quarter. And so that needs to get corrected. And, and we're working on that. And um, we're hoping to, to, to correct that issue. And then on offense, uh, you know, really after that first drive, we had a couple penalties there. Again, we'll get that corrected. That's on us as coaches that stole out that that first drive there. But then after that, was very, very pleased with our offense, uh, being able to score um, almost on every possession, only seven possessions that we had on, on, on offense throughout the game and be able to score, I believe it was five out of those seven possessions. Uh, was proud of, uh, you know, how Dylan Morse and uh, ran the offense and, and again, uh, was clean for the game on sacks, turnovers, and um, was efficient with the football. Uh, but we got to get the football in their hands more. And so we're going to make those corrections, just like we've done in our in our victories, make those corrections and push forward, constant state of growth and improvement. And now we're making those corrections after a, a stinging loss. Now that we got to, we got to turn the page and, and look forward to our next opponent. Now, thankfully, we have everything here in front of us. Our goals are set. Uh, every single year, our goal is to win the Pac-12 championship, and our goals are still here in front of us. And so now we need to build an, uh, an unbelievable plan to, to play a a really good opponent on their turf. And um, that's what the process we are in right now. And so with that, open up for questions. All right, we'll go to Dave Mahler, then Dan Really, Go ahead, Dave. Jimmy, early in the year, you guys were really rotating all four of those tailbacks. Uh, great depth. Uh, everybody was fresh. You saw Richard's touchdown run late in the game against Arizona. Can you, can you be what you want to be offensively uh, unless you get kind of back to that? Back to playing all four of those guys? Yeah, we definitely can. Uh, we feel, I mean, we could go in a game with one of those guys and have him be the lead back and do what we need to do. Um, you, I mean, you see the balance in the offense. Uh, we're never heavy one side to the other. I mean, we're going to be throwing it. We're going to be running it. Um, this offense definitely could, could run with one running back and one guy spelling them. So, again, we'll just continue to uh, rotate those guys the way we've been doing. And uh, we feel really good uh, with the talent that we have back there. All right, Dan Raley, then Christian. Go ahead, Dan. Jimmy, on every great Husky defense, there's been a real disruptive uh, 
defensive lineman like an Entman or a Ron Holmes. Are you still looking for that guy? And as a follow-up question to the D-line, does Latu have a chance to play at all this year? Well, I think the big disruptor right now so far, it's, the stats already show it, is, is uh, Zion. Uh, that, that, that's a big disruptor there. Now we're uh, you know only four games in of a shortened season. And so I think some young guys like that, those big names that you just mentioned right there, I would not put uh, any of our guys on, on the defensive front in the realm of those names. Now, over the course of their career, maybe we could do that. And so um, that would be great if uh, we, could, we could get to that point. That means uh, our, our D-line is, is playing extremely well. But we feel good with the talent that we have there. And, um, you know, we just got to make a few corrections and get better. We definitely haven't played perfect on either side of the ball, um, but we feel really good about the talent that we have there. All right, Christian, and then Mike Farrell. Go ahead, Christian. Yeah, Jimmy, you said in your, your assessment of the offense, you want to get the ball in the, the hands of your receivers more. Um, just curious, uh, were you talking about the offense in general or are certain guys are, or um, could you could just expand on that a little bit? Oh, no, I meant getting the ball back to our offense. Uh, the time of possession in this last game was tilted uh, way more to our opponent. And uh, we need to get the ball back into our offensive hands. Uh, very disappointing uh, that with seven minutes, and 47 seven minutes and 47 seconds left on the clock, uh, when our defense took the field, our offense never saw the ball again. And uh, we felt like we were getting on a rhythm. And uh, we were making plays against their defense. And I know they had a lot of confidence that they're going to go down there and, and, and be able to score again. And so, Christian, I, I was just saying that we need, to get the, we need to get more possessions for our offense, which means our defense needs to get off the field. All right, Mike Varell, then Lauren, go ahead, Mike. Yeah, Jimmy. Um, obviously, you guys were prolific in the running game in the first two games, and those numbers have dipped in the last two. Just wondering – why do you think you guys have struggled at times to run the ball in the last two games, uh, particularly between the tackles? Yeah, I mean, the first thing you can look to is uh, the two opponents that we play are always at the top in our conference in rush defense and overall defense in general. Um, namely, Utah, who still leads our conference right now in rush defense and has for for five plus years. And then Stanford, who's always known to play really good uh, defense up front. So give a lot of credit to those guys. It's going to be it's going to be tougher sledding against uh, uh, those two opponents for sure. And it'll be tough sledding again this week. Uh, we're facing another defense that's come along here in the last couple of years um, that has one of our former assistants on staff um, from a, from our previous jobs, a previous stint. So it's going to be another defense. It's going to be hard to hard to run the ball. And um yeah, we would love to rush for 250 yards every single game, uh, but that uh, most likely is not realistic. All right, Lauren, and then uh, Chris Fetters. Go ahead, Lauren. Jimmy, we saw Kyler Gordon start on Saturday and now listed as a starter on the depth chart. What have you seen from him that made you want to get him on the field more? Yeah, I mean, we've always been trying to get him on the field more since he's been here. We know what electrifying athlete he is. Uh, you know, his, his effort – uh, his toughness on special teams against University of Arizona, those, those big plays he made and our coverage unit plays really propelled him to get some more reps on defense. We like to, uh, we like to reward toughness and physical play. And uh, with, him being, with him showing that and sacrificing uh, you know, himself for the good of the team on special teams, 
has allowed him now to get some more reps um, on defense. And we thought he played a, a really good game this last game. Still room for improvement, just like everybody. Uh, but uh, we were excited what, uh, what Kyler Gordon uh, can do for this team. Chris Fetters and Lars, go ahead, Chris. Yeah, Jimmy, for, uh, just from the outside looking in schematically, it sure feels like, you know, Stanford wants to play in the phone booth, and that might be tough for you guys with the nickel scheme, just like you guys have created headaches for air raid schemes, for instance. Is, is, is that way too simplistic? Is it, is it just – is it styles that make things difficult for certain matchups? Yeah, I, I don't really know what the – I'm not sure how to answer what you're saying there, Chris. I'll, I'll say this. Uh, we know Stanford's a formidable opponent every single year. Uh, they do a good job of mix and matching their personnel groupings. We weren't in nickel the whole def- the whole the whole game. We bounced back and forth between our different personnel groups to match up with their personnel groups, and um, they obviously executed better than we did. And so, give them a lot of credit. And that's where, you know, we had practice uh, uh, yesterday, and we're gonna have practice uh, the rest of this week to make sure we correct some of those mistakes um, that can help us make sure that doesn't happen this weekend. All right, Lars, and then Anthony, go ahead, Lars. Yeah, Coach, this is a two-part question. With, the, with respect to the run game and improving that, how much of that is on the defensive line at the point of attack, and how much of that is the linebackers getting up into the second level? And then the second question being, how do you, how do you evaluate the linebackers this season, both Jackson and Eddie? Yeah, really, Lars, I mean, it's all, it's all 11 on defense. For sure, it starts up front with our D-line, our outside linebackers. I mean, that's – uh, starts everything up front in terms of controlling the run game and then making sure, you know, our linebackers and our, and our safeties that are dropped down can, can roam and, and cap off the plays and make tackles. Uh, if we're not getting the job up front, it's going to make it extremely hard for our linebackers and our DBs that we deploy down in the run game to, to get anything going. Uh, just like on the flip side, if we want to get our running game going, it's not just on the running backs. It starts with the offensive line. Our offensive line gets a push, and they're blocking who they're supposed to block. And then all of a sudden, our running backs look like you know big time players, and looks like they can run anywhere they want to. But it starts with the O line, and so our linebackers. I mean, Eddie has got a ton of production. I think he's taken another step in his game. Uh, 18, 19, whatever it was, 20 tackles this last game. Tons of production. He has production every single game. And Jackson Sermon, I believe, is playing his best football since he's been here and since he's been a dog. He's taking his game up to the next level. Um, so I'm really excited about those two guys and uh, the recoming leaders on our team and uh, excellent football players. Anthony Edwards and then Tim Booth. Go ahead, Anthony. Yeah, Jimmy, Oregon's kind of given you guys some troubles in the past few years, like 31 and 35 points. And um, just what have you kind of seen in like limited tape this year and like their, their duo of running backs? Um, what do you see from them? Yeah, I mean, the last couple of years, obviously, they had a uh, top 10 quarterback uh, back there and uh, was a, was a t- very, very talented player and and now is, uh, you know, doing really good on the NFL level. Um, so, yeah, this is, a, this is an explosive offense. Uh, they do a nice job in the run game, nice job in the pass game. Obviously, the last couple of years with uh, with Herbert and then um, and then this year, you know, they're they're younger now, a quarterback, but he's a presents a different problem. They're running him a lot more than they did with the uh, with their guy last year and um, but the run game is still still very powerful still explosive and uh, with a new play caller they're 
they're still running some similar plays they've had in the last couple of plays, but you can definitely see that he's put his, his own twist on the offense. All right, we'll go to Tim Booth and then Kim Grinnells. Go ahead. Jimmy, you were a little thin at receiver on Saturday. Do you anticipate Puka or Terrell being available again this season? And with that, uh, what were your impressions of Jalen and Rome's first sort of start on Saturday? Yeah, just like everybody in the country, you know, people are dealing with uh, whether it's injuries or the pandemic. And uh, Washington is is uh, also dealing with, with those issues, uh, just like everybody else is. Um, I was very excited extremely excited about those two young receivers. Uh, we saw that in training camp and we saw that during the weeks of practice. And then maybe sometimes these early games didn't show up as much, didn't have the opportunities. Um, but those guys were definitely thrust in some positions where they had to make some, some plays. And those guys made some plays and I know they're going to gain, gain confidence. Um, and I'm really looking forward uh, to them raising their game to another level. Those are two exciting young players that, as long as they continue to work, can be big-time guys for us. All right, Kim, and then Christian. Go ahead, Kim. Hey, Coach, you've always uh, preached with your DBs just to be physical, and you've had guys like Zeke and JoJo and the fearlessness of Buddha in the past. Are you happy with the physicalness of your safeties, and do you have that guy that can really be that thumper? And at any point in the fourth quarter, did you look up and go, man, I wish this place was packed? <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, I, I did not do that, but uh, we definitely miss Husky Nation for sure. Um, in the fourth quarter, we're just worried. We're, we're just trying to win the football game at that point. But, um, yeah, you know, I think on defense, the way we've played uh, since we've been here since 2014 has always been a very physical style of defense. And um, that usually shows up uh, in the run game. And I think uh, these last couple of games, uh, for sure, I know we're all disappointed. And it starts with us coaches at first. And um, it's our job as coaches to make sure we put our guys in the best position so they can make plays. And then it's on to the players. And so we all know that uh, those last two efforts uh, were not good enough. We're not close to the standard. And, again, it starts with us as coaches first. And uh, we, will, we will work uh, to make improvements in that area. All right, Christian Capel and then Dave Mahler. Go ahead, Christian. Yeah, Jimmy, I know with a, a smaller senior class, you guys are going to have a smaller recruiting class this year than you've had in, in recent years. Just curious what your ideal number is for, for prospects that you'd like to sign per cycle. Do you want it to be equal? Are you fine with some being bigger and, and some being smaller, depending on, on what the senior class looks like and just kind of how do you view it? Yeah, I mean, that's a real simple answer. We want 85 guys on scholarship. <laughs> that's what we want. Um, and so, you know, it's funny, all these rankings and this and that. I mean, if we had 25, if we had 25 seniors that we're losing, then we're signing 25 guys. And so now all of a sudden our ranking goes higher because we're signing more guys. Uh, but now we have a very, you know, few seniors, so we're not going to sign very many guys um, because you can only sign 85. Um, so, very simply to answer your question, however many we lose, we want to replenish to make sure we're at 85 scholarships. We lose 10, we want to sign 10. We lose 15, we want to sign 15. All right, uh, Dave Mahler, then Mike Farrell. Go ahead, Dave. Jimmy, you only had uh, four penalties in the game on Saturday, but two of them came on back-to-back -back plays uh, after the fumble recovery, uh, the holds on 
MJ and Jackson. I'm wondering if there was anything about that moment that kind of stood out to you as to why those holds occurred. And then second part of the question, you mentioned Saturday night that you were pretty disappointed in the kickoff coverage. Uh, what have you seen on tape since then that kind of looks like needs to be cleared up? Yeah, so for the kickoff coverage, I mean, we we need to get better and we need to get, uh, you know, again, I'm always going to, it's always going to start with coaches. We got to get these guys better. We got to get them coached up. Um, and then we got to get some guys out there that are going, that we feel give us some unbelievable effort and toughness to go down there and, and um, sacrifice their body for the team and, and uh, make sure we're making those tackles. And we definitely have to get better in that department. Uh, we've had a couple of games where we've been great, and then we've had a couple of games where it's been not so great. And so that's uh, very apparent that we have to get that corrected. Um, and so going back to your question about the oh the, the penalty after the uh, the turnover, you know, the very first one, you know, it's it's too bad. You know, you watch it on film, and, uh, you know, it's disappointing. Disappointing that it was called. And uh, Coach Donovan did a, a great play call right there. We had two guys wide open. And uh, for such a clean game to be called the whole game and, um, you know, for something like that to have, have happen uh, was just unfortunate. But that's how football is. That's how it works. Uh, the second one was definitely a penalty, and we can't have that happen. And uh, that was apparent uh, to anybody that was in the stadium. That was a penalty. And that's really how uh, the game should be called. And I know that's how they're trying to call it. Um, and so, yeah, just unfortunate. And uh, that's part of football. All right, Mike Varell, then Masvida. Go ahead, Mike. Yeah, Jimmy, two quick questions. Uh, first, uh, why do you think you guys have struggled to convert red zone appearances into touchdowns at times? And then the second part, um, Kate Odden. I know you said a week ago that he might be the best tight end in the country. Uh, I don't think he was targeted in the first half. Is that a problem that he wasn't more involved in the past game? Yeah, so Kate Odden, you know, again, I say he's one of the best in the country because I know what the NFL is looking for. You know, they're not looking for just guys to flex out and catch passes all day, all, all day. They want a guy that can line up on the outside of an offensive tackle, kick out a nine technique, double down on a six technique, drive guys off the line of scrimmage, double up to a backer and seal him off so they have the run game, uh, run game uh, going on offense, and then be able to release and go make catches. And uh, for the tape that I've seen, Kate Odden is one of the best in the country. And uh, you guys have seen this production in the last few weeks here. Um, and what you may have not seen is every, all the excellent things he does in the, in the run game. But if you watch it close, uh, it's phenomenal. And uh, there's no question we want to get the ball in his hands as often as we can. But like I've mentioned in the past, as our quarterbacks go through their progression, as Dylan goes through his progression and he's covered and he's not open, we're not throwing it to him. Uh, we're not going to force the ball somewhere where it's not supposed to go. Um, if he if he is on the on the read and he's open, then we're going to get the ball to him. Uh, it's just very very plain and simple. And um, you know we would love for him to have the unbelievable reduction that he had in the two games prior. Um, and in those two games, the read was there, he was open, and we threw the ball to him. As soon as we start forcing the ball on anybody, uh, you're going to see it, all of our you're going to see our turnovers go up in numbers. And if you see right now. Uh, we lead the conference in turnover ratio. We've turned the ball over the least in the conference, and I think that's one of the big reasons why uh, we're in the position that we're in right here going into this one of this, these final weeks here before the Pac-12 championship game. 
And then in terms of the red zone question, uh, we're right there in the upper echelon of, 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 uh, of the Pac-12 in red zone offense. And so, you know, I know uh, you guys like to talk about that all the time, but we're right there in the top four in the conference in red zone offense. Of course, we'd love to score touchdowns every trip we go down there. Um, but we feel good where we're at, and um, we feel good about our play selection and our execution, uh, but we still got to get better. All right, we'll finish with the four hands we have raised. Go ahead, Masvida. Yeah, Jimmy, not that you, you all would expect anything less, but on your running backs, how have you guys been able to keep them focused in terms of the, on each play, knowing that they're not going to get a lot of reps and being patient when they get their reps? Yeah, our whole culture here is team unit me. So it's not about them individually. It's about what, what they're going to do, what's best for the team. And that's for our whole team. That's for our coaching staff. That's our, that's our culture, team unit me. And uh, the, the way we rotate those guys in is what's best for our offense, not what's individually for one person. Uh, we throw fresh running backs at guys. We have guys that are better at certain plays, guys that are better at certain pass, uh, pass plays, run plays, and we're putting those guys in, in position to, to make plays for our team. All right, last three from Fetters, uh, Tim Booth, and Anthony. Go ahead, Chris. Yeah, we're just curious about the, the third down defense review again and, and, and any common threads that you might have seen, especially with the, the couple of third and longs on Stanford's final drive. And then also quickly, Jimmy, um, any additional uh, players opting out for any reason? No on that question. Um, and then, yo, Chris, you hit it, man, third down. Uh, you, we cannot allow a team to go 77% uh, conversion rate uh, on third down. Uh, you, you go back on that game, that's, that was the difference. Uh, and, again, I give, give, give Stanford credit. They did a nice job. They executed, and we didn't. Uh, but it starts, again, with us as coaches making sure uh, we're getting our guys in the right position to make sure we can get off the football field. If we uh, convert – or, excuse me, if we uh, get Stanford off the field on, a, on those key third downs, and got the ball back to our offense, then uh, we probably have a, a different uh, discussion right now. Uh, after that game, we have a different uh, outcome at the end of that game. But it is what it is. We did not. They converted, and we didn't get off the field. And that's what we got to grow from and, and learn from and make sure that doesn't happen again. All right, last two, Tim Booth, and then Anthony. Go ahead, Tim. Jimmy, uh, understanding this is kind of a weird season, but how much this week do you play up the fact that the North division is at stake uh, with the outcome of this game on Saturday. Oh, you play that up. That that's what it is. Uh, we're, we're, we're always uh, telling the truth to our guys and those guys know I'm going to always hit them right between the eyes with uh, constructive criticism uh, or the truth and uh, about po something positive. And this is positive. Uh, yeah. We're definitely playing that up. Uh, we know what's at stake here and that's the beautiful thing about all the hard work uh, that our team has put in this year and all the ups and downs and the roller coasters of emotions. We're playing football. We're not playing football. We're doing this. We're doing that. And, um, and now here we are. We are in position. We control our own destiny. We go take care of business. Uh, we, are, we are right uh, where we want to be uh, for our goal, which is to win the Pac-12 championship. And so that is that is our that's known throughout this whole building, and, we'll, and I don't think I'm going to remind anybody about that. All right, Anthony, <laughs> wrap us up. Go ahead. Yeah, kind of a quick two-parter. Um, 
since, you know, we haven't really had the chance to be around the guys, is, is there like a certain person that's kind of stepped up in the locker room, kind of bringing the mojo to the team? And also, um, how do you kind of evaluate after four weeks of how you've brought your um, own, own style to the team? Yeah, I haven't evaluated that last question, so I apologize. I'm not going to have any uh, good answer for you there. Uh, but Elijah Molden has been a big-time leader for us all the way throughout uh, since since January, since December, uh, and through through bad times and good times, he's been an extraordinary leader for us. And then I think a guy that's that's rising through right now and showing big-time leadership is Dylan Morris. Dylan Morris is. Uh, always walk in the hallways, watching more film. I see him leaving here nine o'clock at night at times, studying film, uh, bringing players around him. And other guys are coming up here watching film with him. Uh, he, he's produced in practice where everybody has so much respect for him uh, that uh, he makes the plays and, and uh, is making the key throws. And then you've seen what he's done in games. He's, he's, he's done a fantastic job of, uh, of uh, coordinating our, our, our offense and throwing, throwing when he needs to throw and hand off when he needs to hand off and protecting the football and giving us a chance to win. And we've had a chance to win all four games that we've been in. And um, I think his leadership is just growing day by day. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.